You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's never-ending help in Ramat Shemesh Israel 5769-2009. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Yisrael. In this week's Parsha we have the most historic event in the entire existence of the world. We have Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah at Harsinai at Mount Sinai. This event was a colossal event. It was the reason, or better yet, the climax of the whole Exodus process, the process of God taking the Jewish people out of Egypt, making them into a nation. Here they were to receive the Torah from God. They were to hear God's voice speak the Ten Commandments. The most unbelievable event, an entire nation, 1.2 million men, women, and children, all experiencing a revelation, a nevuah, prophecy, directly from God. Never happened before, never will happen again. This is in this week's Parsha. I'd like to focus in on the Ramban in chapter 19, verse 20. The Ramban explains something, points something out that's very important, very interesting, and holds a very profound lesson for us. Let's look at the verse itself, chapter 19, verse 20. It says like this, Vayered Hashem al-Har Sinai el har God comes down upon Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. Vayikra Hashem Moshe el har vayal Moshe. And God calls out to Moshe to the top of the mountain, and Moshe ascends. The Ramban points out that in this verse, as well as the other verses that refer to the communication between Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu, so it specifically uses the name Yudke Vavke. This name has a certain representation, which Mirza Hashem soon will explain. And he points out that whenever we talk about the experience that the Jewish people had of hearing God's voice, it was specifically they heard, and they heard the name of Elohim. And it's interesting, what's the difference between Hashem, Yudke Vavke, and the name Elohim? So it's something that we've discussed previously. I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach in this Parsha podcast. But in the past, we've always explained that the name Yudke Vavke represents the concept of Rachamim, of mercy. And the name Elohim represents the concept of Din, judgment. And it's true here as well. But there's another added dimension that we need to understand. Just to make it a little bit clearer, the question here becomes, what is the difference? Why does Moshe Rabbeinu, why is Moses experiencing this revelation with the name Yudke Vavke through this special name? What does it represent, the fact that he's experiencing it through that name? And what does it represent, the fact that the people of Israel, the Jewish people, when they experience God, so they're experiencing it with the name Elohim? What does that teach us? What does it mean that they're hearing Kol Hashem? They're hearing the sound, the voice of Elohim. What does that teach us? What does that represent? Another interesting thing that the Ramban points out is that when there was this revelation, so part of the revelation involved a certain type of speech where God said multiple things at once. And whereas Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses was able to discern, he was able to hear those multiple things at once and he'd be able to discern between the different things that were said. The Jewish people were not able to actually discern between the different statements that were said when it was all said at once. What is the significance of the fact that Moshe, Moses, was able to discern the different sounds to understand something when there were multiple things being said at once, as opposed to the Jewish people who were not able to discern? What do we, what do we learn from that? I'd like to share with you another verse that the Ramban himself quotes, he brings down. And this verse really gives us a tremendous explanation for us to understand the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu, between Moses' prophecy and the prophecy of every single other prophet that ever existed after him, including the Jewish people when they were standing at Harsinai, at Mount Sinai. So they also experienced the level of prophecy that was similar to other prophets. But no one ever reached the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moses, his prophecy was completely different qualitatively than any other prophet. What was the difference? So we have these verses in, in Bamidbar Numbers, and specifically chapter 12, verse 
verse 8. It says like this, God is speaking and He says, Mouth to mouth do I speak to Moses, and I show him, and without any puzzles, He sees a picture, so to speak. He sees a vision of God. Now here is the fundamental difference between Moshe's prophecy and everyone else's prophecy. Moshe's prophecy, he sees it, he understands it. There's nothing to put together. It's not a puzzle. When it comes to any, any other prophet, so things are not as clear as day. We refer to Moshe's prophecy as Aspaklar Yahameira, a clear lens. Moshe could see when he saw his vision, it was clear. There was nothing to figure out. However, in regards to all other prophets, it's referred to Aspaklar Yashe'enameira. As a, as a lens, which is not clear. It's not so obvious. So things need to be figured out. God will reveal something to a Yechezkel, to an Ezekiel, to a Yeshaya, Isaiah, but it will be with a chida, with a puzzle. There has to be something, there's some mushal, there's some parable. For example, we find by Yechezkel, he was told to take a stick and write on it the name of Ephraim, and he's told to take another stick and write on it the name of Yehuda, and to bring the sticks together. And the idea behind it was to teach that in fact one day, the Jewish people will be reunited, the disparate kingdoms of Judah and Ephraim will be reunited. But the message was not explicit, it was something that needed to be figured out, needed to be explained. The prophet himself had to figure out what God meant. However, when Moshe Rabbeinu received his prophecies, so there was nothing to figure out, everything was clear-cut, it was as clear as day. Now, it's not a coincidence that in this verse, in Bamid Bar Yudbeis, chapter 12, verse 8, so it says, Usmunas Hashem Yabit, he would see a vision of God, he uses the name Yudke Vavke, because the name Yudke Vavke represents this type of vision that Moshe Rabbeinu had. It's the same name that was used when it was referring to God coming down on Mount Sinai. It was the same name that's used whenever God is speaking to Moshe during that revelation. However, the name Elohim, it represents a different type of vision. It represents this second type of vision, where the prophet has to figure out what's going on. He needs to hear different concepts and be able to put the pieces together. That's the name Elohim. And that was the name that was used in reference to the Jewish people's experience because they also experienced that prophecy, that revelation, just like a regular prophet. And that revelation was revealed where they heard the Kol Elohim, the voice of Elohim, the voice of God. Now what comes out of this is that the name Yudke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton, the four-letter name of God, represents a vision like Moshe's, which is a vision of sight, where he understands it all at once. It's like the line, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. You can look at a picture, and there are so many different concepts that go into the picture, you can see a scene, and th it, it would take you thousands upon thousands of words to describe the scene, but they're all included in what you see. That's the type of vision that Moshe had, and that concept was associated with the name Yudke Vavke. The name Yudke Vavke, in this sense, represents the concept of vision, of Chachma. Chachma is a type of wisdom where you have all the information at once. It's also the type of wisdom we could refer to as holistic wisdom. It's concepts. It's without actually applying them. It's the ideas behind it. It's unity. However, when we talk about the name Elohim, so it refers to this type of vision which is actually a sound. Just like when someone is speaking, you're hearing sounds. You hear one word after the other. And eventually, so your mind remembers all the words that you've heard from the beginning of the sentence until the end of the sentence, it puts it all together, and then you have an, a concept, you understand the concept. That's the concept of Bina, it's an understanding. You understand one thing from another, because you have to understand a sequence of events, 
or a sequence of words, and at the end you understand the concept. That's Bina. That's the type of understanding which is associated with the concept of Elohim. That's the type of vision, the prophecy, that all the other prophets experienced, the Jewish people experienced. They heard it as a call. They heard a voice of God. In order for them to get the idea, they have to hear one thing after the other. This also explains one of the other questions that we asked, which was, why was it that Moshe Rabbein Moses, he could hear multiple words, multiple voices at once, and he could understand it. Whereas the Jewish people, when they heard multiple voices at once, they couldn't understand it. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, he was on the level, his vision was a vision which was a sight type of vision. He experienced God on the level of Yud Kei Vav Kei, on the level of Tetragrammaton, which is sight. When you see something, you see it all at once. So he could hear multiple voices at once, and he could understand the multiple concepts that were contained within it. Whereas the Jewish people, so when they heard those voices, they needed to hear them sequentially. If they didn't hear it sequentially, so they wouldn't understand the message of the vision. It's important and interesting to note that the type of vision that the Jewish people saw, which was related to the name Elohim, which was related to the concept of Bina, which was related to sound, where they're hearing one thing after the other, and they're not seeing it, but they're hearing it, so that's also related to a certain type of communication, a female communication. Women are known for their bina, for their understanding. What does that mean? Women are masters of speech. Women are, have the ability to communicate very well. They have this concept of bina, of understanding, of being able to hear one thing after the other. Now the significance of this concept for us is that we live in a world where we don't have a vision. We don't see, like Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't see the, the spiritual worlds. We don't see that God is there. It's very difficult to discern. We don't have that direct contact with spirituality. We don't see our souls. But nevertheless, we do have contact with it, but in a more subtle way, in a way which is more like the Jewish people's experience at Har Sinai, which is through Bina, through understanding, putting one sound after another. The way, and I heard this from a Tat's beautiful idea. You know, when we want to try to access another person, we want to see, we don't, we can't directly access a human being's soul. But how can we access and see what this person is really about, what his soul is really about, what his essence really is? By watching his body, by watching how he behaves, by watching how he talks, by watching how he interacts. Then you can determine, you can figure out what's inside, that there's a human being, there's a human soul inside of this person. The same thing is true, says Rabbi Kibbutz, in regards to trying to connect to God, trying to understand that God is behind the entire creation, He's behind the entire history, He's behind everything that goes on in the world. If a person has a lave maven, he has a heart to understand, the solution of Bina. A person puts two and two together, so you'll be able to see one thing after another. Wow, look at all the order in creation, look at all of the unbelievable creations, the human being, the eye is an unbelievable creation. Look at the trees, the cells that make up every single living organism. Unbelievable wonders that Hashem has created. It's hard to see Hashem. If we want to actually have a vision, very difficult. But we can put two and two together. We can take all of the different information. And like the Jewish people, hearing word after word, one after the other, and hearing God's voice, we can also tap in and hear God's voice using our bina, our understanding, our maven davar mitoich davar, understanding one thing from inside of another, being able to perceive past the surface, to be able to hear God's voice, to be able to hear the message, what's really going on behind the surface. I'd like to share with you a thought that I had recently, Baruch Hashem, about two and a half weeks ago, I and my wife had a beautiful baby, a baby girl, and so I was thinking about a concept that has to do with birth, has to do with children, has to do with the development of a fetus. 
There's a famous idea that the, the birth represents the human being and his development, and there are many different parallels. But one of the parallels that I realized, I noticed, is that when a little baby is inside of its mother's womb, and it's growing, so the baby could think, theoretically, he could think, well, all existence is right here, in this dark place. You know, he doesn't have to eat anything. He doesn't have to think about where his parnasa, his livelihood, is going to come from. He doesn't have to interact with anybody. He could very well think that all there is is what he is, just his little existence inside, or her little existence inside of the mother's womb. And I didn't realize that there is a mother that's providing that child with sustenance. And that's what he could think. But there are hints, because the child, while they're inside of the womb, they do hear, they hear the voice of a mother constantly. They hear a heart beating. They hear a heart, besides for their own heart beating, they hear sounds, they hear their father speaking, they hear a sibling speaking, they hear stuff. There are hints to the fact that there's more to it than just their own existence, their own dark world. There's something out there that's outside, but all it is is sound. What happens after a baby's born, comes out into the light, looks around, sees a vast world. Oh, it starts to hear the voice of its mother, and it's coming out from that person over there. There are other people. They really, It really is true. And it looks around and sees its father. The voice is coming out of its father. It sees, wow, it starts to recognize the father. And then it gets very hungry all of a sudden. It's never had this sensation before, being hungry. And all of a sudden, it goes to its mother, and it nurses from its mother. And finally, it realizes, the baby realizes, that all along, who was it that was providing its sustenance? It was the mother. But now the child can finally see it. It wasn't visible before, but now it is. Similarly, we exist in this kind of womb, this kind of darkness, a spiritual darkness, where we can't see directly that God is in charge, that God is sustaining us, taking care of us. But there are voices, there are hints. If we put two and two together, we can figure it out. We can hear God speaking to us if we really listen. Now, when do we enter? When can we? When will we enter into a stage where we'll actually be able to see, to see God, to experience it, just like Moshe Rabbeinu in a certain sense, like Moses? The answer is when Mashiach comes, when the Messiah comes. There's a birthing process to this redemption that's taking place as we speak. It's slow. It's like a, it's like a woman laboring. It's difficult at times. But eventually, what does it say about Mashiach? The verse says, "Be'mahu Shem Echad Ushmoi Echad." On that day, God will be one and His name will be one. Which name are we going to use in, when Mashiach comes? In the temple, everywhere. We're going to use the name Yudke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton. That same name that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to experience, the name that represents a vision of God, an experience, an unadulterated vision of God. That's the type of experience that we're going to have when Mashiach comes. This vision, this clarity. We will see God. It won't just be like we're putting the pieces together. We're trying to figure out the puzzle. It won't be that way. When Mashiach comes, we'll be able to experience directly. We'll be like that child who's been born and finally can see all along my mother. She was the one who was providing the sustenance for me. We will open our eyes and we'll be able to see that all along God was taking care of us. All along He was sustaining us. May Hashem grant us all the ability to hear, to be able to put the pieces together, to see His hand in our lives, to hear His voice speaking to us, showing us His providence. And may Hashem also grant us all, very soon, the ability to see Him. On that day, God will be one, and His name will be one. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Shabbos.